can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. So we are currently recording this episode in lockdown in Melbourne again. Good memories. This feels like a real, Very good memories. A real throwback. <laughs> throwback. Exactly. <laughs> Love this for us. Um, so we have been doing lots of watching of TV series, listening to podcasts, watching movies, and we thought that now would be a perfect time to discuss what we're watching. Hannah, I literally spent the entire weekend catching up on TV series that I'd neglected over my time of freedom. And so it was really quite nice. I actually got to catch up on things that I hadn't had time to watch. So I caught up on Handmaid's Tale, which just is excellent right now, like frothing it. Um, I caught up on Keeping Up With The Kardashians, which I'm just, I'm Mm -hmm. so upset that that is finishing because I'm just obsessed with them. Then I also caught up on the latest episodes of Younger. As you know, I did get quite obsessed with that recently and the new episodes of um, The Bold Type and (laughs) it was a busy weekend. Very. New episodes of season two of Love on the Spectrum, which you might remember back in last lockdown, I was talking about how much I loved it and it's back for a second season and it's just so beautiful and pure. If you haven't seen that, that's on ABC iView. I've got a real, yeah, well, I've been watching obviously um, Handmaid's Tale. Mm -hmm. I watch it every week on Wednesday night. And I've pretty much, I think, seen, I don't, I watch the Kardashians every now and then and I haven't watched the bold type. I just find the bold type very like, like a young adult's novel. Yeah, like, is that, it is, but that's what yeah. younger's like as well. It's just easy to watch. Like I can be on my phone at the same time. I don't need to put any brain power into it. Whereas yeah. if I'm watching Handmaid's Tale, I'm literally sweating. Like my armpits yeah. are sweating. <laughs> it's just so like you can't concentrate on anything else if you're watching Handmaid's because you'll miss a detail. So I really like those easy to watch if you're really not in the mood for something too heavy. Yeah, I think those are all really good options. I've got some quite heavy ones. Mm, oh, so, great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bit of a mixture of podcasts and TV. Yeah. So the first show that I've, the last episode actually is this week, is The Mayor of Easttown. Oh, my now, brother I, told me to watch that. I'm going to, I'll have watched that by the time this episode comes out, I reckon. Yes. So the name Mayor of Easttown sounded really boring to me. Yeah, it's got Bridgerton vibes. It sounds like, yeah, it sound, but it's not. It's Kate Winslet. She is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, okay. A real glow down. Yeah. I would call that a glow down okay. for her. Um, <laughs> it's a crime whodunit kind of, it's kind of the undoing vibes a little bit. So I think you'll love it, Joe. Okay. Have- you I've watched been told the undoing, that. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. The next one that I've absolutely loved is Made for Love on Stan and it stars Kristen Milioti. It's on Stan and it's amazing. It's like a kind of like a dark romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. All right. Next on my list, did you watch The Queen's Gambit? Please I tell didn't. me you did. No, I was going to start jo! it. I was going to start it and I just, I've just i been too busy and then I'm just prioritising what I really love yeah, watching. You sound you sound really busy. I am um, <laughs> flat out. <laughs> you, you flat out. So The Queen's Gambit is like bingeable, 
like so and who thought chess could be so sexy I certainly did not yeah I think that's why I avoided it to be honest with you it's super sexy and I loved it mm-hmm. now the newest binge for me is did I talk about how I loved that Sherlock Holmes elementary show yeah and it you had did. seven seasons yeah and then that ended and I was devastated because when you've got seven seasons to get through, it's like keeps you busy mm. night after night after night after night. So my new my new one is Blacklist on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen a couple of episodes of that, but I never really got fully into it. Eight seasons. I'm so excited. I've already almost through season one in a few nights. See, that's so, a blessing um, and a curse because yeah, Younger totally. has seven seasons and that took <laughs> me like three solid weeks of flat out every single night watching a few hours worth that's time consuming in life I am do you know what's good about blacklist is because I also it's one of those shows that because each episode is like a story yeah that I do a puzzle as I'm watching it oh okay so that really just calms me down a bit and keeps the brain moving yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, I have three movies from Netflix that I've watched recently. Did you see A Simple Favour? Yeah. I thought that was pretty watchable. Yeah. I mean, it was... It's a bit silly, but yeah. Silly, silly but but the outfits and yeah. I love Blake Lively and Anna yeah. Kendrick. So that was really good. The next one was White Tiger. I've not seen that, no. Priyanka Chopra's actually in that one. Mm-hmm. That is like a crime. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that one's really good. And then the other one, which is very sexy, is Endings, Beginnings. Okay, I haven't with, seen that. Um Jamie Dornan from um, oh, and Sebastian Stan. Sold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you watch that tonight? Sure. It's really sexy. <laughs> when Can you text me when she's up on the, um, he like puts her up on his kitchen bench oh, just, okay. just just think of me when that happens because that's I will. the sexiest part of the whole movie <laughs> did you have any podcast recommendations because yes, i had three I episodes to recommend to people great go for it i um have recently been catching up on case file because as i've said i've been flat out and i really haven't had time for things like this but because i've been on a few trips recently I had some time to catch up on episodes and I listened to the Farquharson case, uh, Vicky Arnold and Julianne Leigh and Gail and Rick Brink episodes, which are case 175, 174 and 167 in case file and very, mm-hmm. very good, like very well researched. Like obviously the Farquharson case is Victorian, so that was really familiar to me from years ago, but really, really good if you are interested in true crime stuff. You probably wouldn't like it if you're not into true crime. I like true crime. I just can't get into can't get into the his voice. voice. Yeah, fair. No, I've heard that from a few people. I I, quite I think like it's it. a certain type of person that likes. I guess what type? What kind of person would that be? <laughs> you obviously. <laughs> Any recommendations? Podcast yes. for you. So you know, cryptocurrencies are all the rage right now. <laughs> so <laughs> you're not listening to cryptocurrency. <laughs> Really? I haven't got any cryptocurrency, but people, it's all I freaking see on social media. This is the last thing I expected you to listen to. Yeah. It's actually a crime podcast. It's called The Missing Crypto Queen. (laughs) (laughs) The Missing Crypto Queen, and it's about... It's um, I think it's BBC. It's really good. Okay, he's got a nice voice, mm. English, very mm-hmm. nice voice. He sounds hot. Anyway, <laughs> the next on the list is the Shrink Next Door. Have you seen? Have you listened to that? No, it's phenomenal. I don't think I have. Oh my god, absolutely amazing story. It's kind of crime, but anyway, very good. And then the last one, Joe. If you haven't listened to this, can you do it straight away? Mm-hmm. It is so addictive. The Apology Line. 
Oh, I haven't listened to that. Yeah. So the apology line was about this guy who had this phone number set up mm-hmm. and criminals could call in oh, and confess. Oh, I remember you telling me about this one. Yeah. And they could apologize. So his name was Mr. Apology. Yes. And you I've called the this. apology line and you said, I did this crime. It basically replays a lot of the recordings ah. and they're just like insane. All right. I will listen to that this week on my walks. Anyway, they're all my recommendations. So what I am is- also listening, just really quickly, I am also listening to an audiobook and it's called How to Break Up with Your Phone. Okay. Interesting listen during lockdown. <laughs> the other day I um so I've been like putting boundaries in place with my phone and oh. I like didn't respond to my mum for like two hours oh. and she thought I had died. Uh, and so she freaking <laughs> used my spare key, opened my door and just came in. (laughs) And I was like, you can't do that. Like, I haven't answered you in two hours. And you, so that was an appropriate use of the spare key. Anyway, what is on today's episode, Joe? So on today's episode, we're talking about dry lips, which I know a lot of us in the colder Southern states are currently dealing with right now. Um, We are also speaking to a sleep expert on why we need various amounts of sleep, what are good sleep practices to put in place, and our products we didn't know we needed. Dry lips. Uh, There's no other way for me to put this other than Mm -hmm. my lips at the moment are f***ed. Like Mm -hmm. I cannot, like they're so dry, they've been peeling off. I, nothing I'm doing is working. I was using that um, Aveen, the sickle fart cream. Mm-hmm. I can't say that like without laughing because it just sounds like I'm saying fart. So I was using that and that was working for a while. And then I think my lips might have got like wind burnt or something in Tasmania because we went up to Mount mm-hmm. Wellington and it was blowing a gale up there and it was freezing air. So I think something has happened to them up there because then they were really, really, really dry after that and I haven't been able to recover them. And so I thought that other people have to be dealing with this because this happens to me at least once a year. I did have someone message me and say, can you do this as a topic? Yes, and I think it's absolutely necessary Mm. um, because my friend last year went through exactly the same thing. And a couple of years ago, actually, when I was working in a door, I went through about three or four months where I had just like chronic peeling lips. And the only thing that helped me in that case was using a corticosteroid cream on them oh, wow. to get rid of the peeling and everything. So I've actually, I've now reverted to that for a couple of days to see if that improves it because nothing I was doing was working. So anyway, I've self-medicated. Don't do that at home. But no. I did ask a consultant dermatologist from Sinclair Dermatology, Dr. Lara Trindard, to give us some tips and fill us in on why dry lips can happen, particularly in winter. So she said that it's mostly the low humidity in the air during winter. So that's probably why it affects us more in the more Southern states, getting that chronic dry lips in winter. So that leads us to licking our lips more. So we're trying to compensate Mm. for the dryness by licking our lips, but that worsens it. So the saliva actually worsens the dryness of the lips, which I definitely have noticed myself doing. So I'm trying to consciously not, not touch my lips, lips with anything yeah. like but even touching them with my hands I'm just trying not to do that either and I saw a TikTok recently of a skin expert talking about pore pore ointment because I know mm-hmm. that that's something that a lot of people have in their handbag or in their car it's just one of those staple products that everyone's like oh I always carry pore pore I never Personally, do but I yeah. think that Lana lips 
ass all over it. But yeah, I love anyway, <laughs> So Dr. Lara actually said that it pawpaw almond contains 96% petroleum jelly and 4% pawpaw. So it's basically an expensive Vaseline in yeah. short. But pawpaw fruit does have some anti-inflammatory and antibacterial properties to it. So it could be beneficial for dry lips in some cases, but it's important to remember that pawpaw is also an enzyme exfoliant. So if your lips are already really irritated mm, and you're putting something like that over and over and over, you may end up in a worst case scenario. So I would instead opt for something like lips, where you're just creating like a, an occlusive barrier over the lips so that it's harder for moisture to leave the lips. Dr. Lara said good ingredients to look for include petroleum jelly, which is in Vaseline, uh, cocoa butter, shea butter, lanolin and castor oil. And mm-hmm. some lip balms also have zinc oxide and titanium dioxide, which will help to block uh, UV. So I do like to use a SPF lip balm if I'm out and about. I don't like the taste of it. Oh, you don't like the taste of it? Oh, it just tastes like SPF. I just, for me, I know I should, but I just, the taste of sunscreen. Yeah, you have said that before that you just really can't stand it. Yeah, it's a real thing for me. Yeah. Um, So Dr. Lara did say that hypoallergenic fragrance and preservative free lip balms are considered better options if you tend to experience things like contact chylitis or dermatitis, which are just basically irritated skin conditions. But I did ask her because I know that for those of us who've literally tried everything, you've used every lip balm, you've walked into Chemist Warehouse, you've basically emptied the shelf into your cart and walked out again. What to do in that situation if you just don't seem to be able to get on top of it? And to be honest, like my lips have been peeling this whole week. and I'm like, I'm kind of low-key glad that we've been in lockdown because (laughs) I get to wear a mask when I go anywhere and you can't Mm. see that my lips are peeling off. Um, But she said if it's an ongoing thing and you can't seem to get on top of it to schedule an appointment with a dermatologist because they may need to investigate conditions such as irritant or allergic contact dermatitis or yeast infections or actinic chylitis and pre-malignant lesions of the lip. So it is important if it's an ongoing thing, like, you know, you've had it for a couple of months to go and see a dermatologist. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure people would be keen to see a dermatologist because it is really annoying having super dry lips. It's so uncomfortable when you wake up in the morning. Have you tried the Laneige lip sleeping mask? Yeah, see, that didn't do the trick for me. Still doesn't do it. The only thing working for me is Lano right now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I alternate between the Laneige lip sleeping mask and then I also use the Lano Lips 101 ointment. Yes. And both of those between the two of them. I don't – my lips don't get – it doesn't sound like they get as dry, which is funny because I don't drink any water. Yeah, well, same. I know I've been trying to up my water intake, but really mm. I think the only thing working for me right now is that corticosteroid because they are feeling a little bit better today. Have you got a soda stream? Soda I, stream? I, Hannah, we've yes. known each other for how long? <laughs> what long do I hate? Years. What do I hate on this earth? You don't hate soda water, do you? I fucking hate soda are water. You, you know this. I hate I, it. You know never this. said that. You've never said that. I, I have. I no, say it haven't. all the time. No, you haven't. <laughs> yes, Are you have. serious? You should know that. Yeah. Do you drink vodka sodas? So you just no. literally can't. Oh no, I hate God. them. Yeah. Wow, I learned something new about you all the time. You've never said that on this podcast. Uh, I, well, I've not said it on the podcast, but we hang out. <laughs> How can you, what about mineral water? No, I just want normal water, just plain you water. You don't like bubble? No wonder you don't drink any water because normal water yes. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's very true. Uh, I have found it easier drinking water when I've had a supplement in there. Yeah, okay. Um, like it's a flavoured supplement. I find that a bit easier. I think, you know what, I blame my mum because we always had cordial growing up and now I just really struggle to drink plain water. So it, that's her fault. I did ask Dr. Lara as well to recommend some products and she said the La Roche-Posay Cicaplast Lip Balm, which I have actually used in the past and can mm-hmm. confirm that is a good product, and Aquaphor Lip Repair, which I haven't used but I've also heard good things. So that's a mm. chemist warehouse one, I think. But yeah, she said those ones are good for dry lips. I'm looking it up right now. Roche-Posay also have Anthelios uh, XL Lipstick which is an SPF 50 for some protection for anyone that is looking for a um, an SPF lip balm. So that's the uh, lowdown on dry lips. Uh, if you're in the same position as me and yours are just, you don't know what to do anymore, try and get in to see a dermatologist. If you can't mm. and you um, don't have lips, buy lips and try that. Mm. Yeah. Because that is definitely the goat of lip balms in my yes. humble opinion. Uh, no, I will second that. Oh, actually, you know, um, the other lip balm I've heard really good things about is Burt's Bees. Ah, who would have thought? Who would Burt's have thought Bees, that? Not a sexy brand, but no. apparently has a really good lip balm. I've heard that from multiple people. So mm. if you're on the Burt's Bees, I think you're onto a good thing. I've never tried it though. So maybe I will give that a whirl actually. So, Hannah, you have quite a history with sleep. You have a sleep disorder yes. yourself. Thank you for so organising this, Joe, for me. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I actually thought I thought you'd be into this. So I actually asked sleep expert Olivia Arizolo to join us today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I didn't realise that I was... Uh... That I was such in dire need. Yes. Please tell me what's happened. <laughs> I've um I've actually done a lot of work on sleep, so I've been a lot better. But I feel like this is a very common problem. This is not just me. I know mm. this is not just me. I'd love to know why we actually sleep. Why different people require different amounts of sleep. Hannah can function on like four hours. I need like nine. No, no, no. Why four is hours, that? Six hours. Four <laughs> hours. I'm pretty grumpy. <laughs> sure. So two part question. I'll start with why people need different amounts of sleep. So this really depends on a few things, one of which is genetics. There's a circadian rhythm gene called DEC2. People with this gene sleep for on average six hours and 24 minutes. People without this gene sleep for eight hours and six minutes. Wow. I believe they are the correct stats. It's partially genes because it's not just that gene, but there's a there's a few other genes, but that's just a great example. Um, other than that, your required amount of sleep also depends on how much sleep debt you're in. Now, I know so many of us are trying to catch up from, you know, weeks, months, years of sleeping, say, you know, seven hours, six hours, um, five hours. And so this really extends the amount of time that you need, that you actually, your body physiologically needs to recover. Second to that, it also depends on your amount of stress. When we're under high levels of stress, this is really taxing for the body. And sleep is when we do all about repair and recovery. So the more stressed you are, the more repair and recovery you need. Um, this is why, you know, my, my grandfather, for example, he just got out of hospital He's been sleeping for like like 15 hours a day for weeks now. 
And I think that really just emphasizes how critical sleep is to recovery. Yeah, I guess when you're feeling sick, all you want to do is go to bed and Correct. rest. Correct. Mm. That's that's because during that rest time, we experience such a rejuvenation of ourselves. So this is leaping back to your first question, what happens? Why why do we need sleep? So a big reason is because during slow wave sleep and during during sleep in general, we will secrete a hormone called growth hormone. Now, what growth hormone is so important for is cellular repair and restoration. Without sufficient growth hormone, we don't have that recovery process. It's as simple as that. Um, so that's one physiological reason why it's really vital. Mentally, um, there's a rise in cortisol, our stress hormone, by 37% after one night of insufficient sleep. Now, if you're feeling anxious, wired, hyper alert, that's a sign of high cortisol. Uh. And this is a really common feeling. I know that even for me last Monday, I had a terrible sleep. And the whole Monday, I felt like I was on a wire. It was awful. Hannah, is that, does that sound familiar? Yes, definitely. I, For me, the issue, one of my biggest issues with sleep is that my body clock, it feels different to like everyone else that gets up and goes to work at nine. <laughs> and so I find it really hard to force myself to go to sleep at like 11. But if I just let myself go to sleep at the time I want to go to sleep, I just seem to have like a much, much better sleep. And it was probably um, around, I guess, the pandemic was that you're working from home. And so you, I found that a, a lot of that stress was taken off, the stress around sleep and not being able to sleep. Do you think that actually happened around the pandemic? Has that changed people's sort of body clocks and the stress that they feel about bedtime? There was definitely a shift in behaviours. Um, typically, there was a later bedtime and later wake time. That was the main finding. Mm -hmm. I feel like although a lot of people do stress to get to bed on time, the thing is that society typically needs to wake. We need to be in work, at work by 8, 8.30. Um, and so when you're fighting against that, it's really challenging. So, yes, it did allow greater flexibility and uh, us to surrender to our innate preferences of bedtime. But I am wondering, now that we don't have such flexibility, are we now struggling more? Mm. Yeah, has it been counterproductive maybe? Because I've definitely become way more of a night owl. I used to be in bed asleep at like 10 at the latest and now I don't go to bed until 11.30, 12. I blame that mainly on TikTok <laughs> but it is, but, it is to some degree because I don't have to get up as early in the morning. But uh, there are there sort of night owls like – I guess when I, I did see a sleep specialist about it and, and based on my history, he thought that I had, I guess, like was an, was like a night owl and my body clock was wanted to go to bed later. Is that true? Some people are night yes. owls? Yeah. Yes, yes. I actually just wrote a book on the topic. <laughs> so it's essentially called your chronotype, which is are you an early riser or a late riser? I've categorised them into lion, which is early bird, um, a bear, which is the middle of the day, and a wolf, which is a typical night owl. Now, 50% of our preference comes from our innate biology. 
So that's your just your genes, like the genes that I was speaking of before, DEC2. Um, PER1, 2, and 3 circadian rhythm genes that code for either an early or late preference. So that's 50% of the equation. But the other 50% is environment. Now that is what you are doing during the day and what you are doing before bed. Now that's 50% of the puzzle as well. So I think this is really inspiring for people who are, who feel they have this like natural tendency to be a late riser and a late to sleep individual, because you realize actually you've got control over half the situation. Mm. And yes, there's slight variations, but realistically, it's not as great as we probably think. And we're probably just not wanting to take full responsibility ourselves and think, you know what, if I executed a bedtime routine every single night that, you know, like I've got a, I've got a signature bedtime routine, for example, when I, when my private clients execute this, a hundred percent of them see improvements in their sleep in seven days or less. Oh, maybe that's something for you to try, Hannah. No, I've, um, I did see a specialist and there was a lot of sleep hygiene that I was definitely not following. And do you know what? Sometimes I don't want to follow it. Sometimes I want to be naughty at bedtime (laughs) and I don't care. I don't care what anyone tells me. (laughs) To be honest, that's completely okay. It's, it's as long as you're aware that here's, here's expert advice. If you do this, you will sleep easier. You will fall asleep earlier. If you don't, it's okay, but there's actually a, a rhythm to it. I was going to say, what are some of the factors that are usually responsible for impacting the amount of sleep we get? Because I know Hannah goes to sleep with a TV on because she, she doesn't like to sleep without it. And that's one of her like comfort things to go to sleep. But are there things that are negatively impacting? I don't have the screen like on. Us? I don't have the screen on, just the sound. <laughs> um, yeah, so blue light is our number one zeitgeber. What that means is factor to control the circadian rhythm. So if there's one reason you're going to be sleeping poorly, it's from blue light. And I think it's really valuable to understand that's not just devices, but ceiling lights emit blue light as well. Melatonin is suppressed by 71% by just regular room light from dusk to dawn. Ah, okay. So we should be maybe dimming the lights. Absolutely. As much as you can. Turning them off as much as you can. I strongly recommend 100% blue light blocking glasses. Popping those on two to three hours before bed, that causes a phenomenal shift in your melatonin onset, which is your sleepiness around bedtime. I've been considering getting some blue light glasses and now this has just sold me. I'm going to buy them straight after this. I've been considering it. Good. Honestly, there's nothing that's more valuable than Mm. protecting yourself from blue light. It is the number one reason. It is above stress. It's above diet. It's above a mattress. It's above everything else. Mm. Okay. Cause I study quite late into the night and sometimes I shut my laptop at like 10 30 and I just find that it's, I struggle for my eyes to adjust and all of that. So maybe I need to be wearing some blue light glasses at night when I'm on the computer until late. Mm. How can a lack of sleep um, in the short term affect us? And then how does that compare to say the long-term effects of lack of sleep? I guess to be realistic in terms of depression and in terms of our mood, the more sleep you lack, the worse your mood becomes. That that comes from a study that found over the course of a week, mood progressively declined. 
In terms of anxiety, similarly, I mentioned before, after one night of insufficient sleep, your cortisol levels rise by 37%. After two nights, it rises by 45%. Now that's almost a twofold increase in your baseline cortisol levels, which is your baseline stress levels, your baseline anxiety levels. Insomniacs, so those that are suffering long-term sleep loss, are 17 times more likely to have an anxiety disorder and 10 times more likely to have depression. Mm -hmm. So it's really a compounding effect. Yeah. And obviously this is a beauty podcast, so let's get on to the impact that sleep can have on the skin. Can you explain how poor sleep habits can affect our skin? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you remember how I was mentioning that 70% of human growth hormone is produced in slow-wave sleep? Yes. Now, human growth hormone is pivotal for what is the buzzword in every single beauty product? Collagen. Mm-hmm. If you don't have human growth hormone, you can't produce collagen. Now, reflectively, a study found that after exposure to a U, to a stressor like UV light, those who are sleeping well will have a 30% higher recovery rate than those that are sleeping poorly. In terms of like logistically what that means, that means fine lines, that means wrinkles, that means acne, that means blemishes, that means your skin is dull. Mm-hmm. Comparatively, if you sleep well, your skin is is smooth, it's clear, it has greater recovery from, you know, any blemishes that you have. That's one element. I think it's also really important to know that after inadequate sleep, you have a 20% rise in bodily inflammation. Now, this is run by some uh, beautiful critters called cytokines. Cytokines are responsible for bodily inflammation. So think about the nights that you haven't slept well, all of a sudden you've got a right old pimple. Mm. And you're like, where did that come from? It it came from your cytokines aggravating your skin because it's been stressed from inadequate sleep and then they are more proactive in causing inflammation, hence you get that pimple. Mm. Yeah, I think um, skin tends to show a lack of sleep like you know when you roll up to work and people are like oh you look tired and you're like oh no no now I know I look like shit today <laughs> because it just reflects everything like it reflects that dullness it reflects that tiredness in the skin and you just look a bit blah you mentioned before that when you see clients it always kind of within seven days they'll see some improvement um, in their sleep do you have some of the sort of top sleep hygiene tips for listeners that might be struggling Absolutely. So I have a signature bedtime routine that I am freely going to share with you guys because this is the routine that has caused that change in all of my clients. And so I know it works. It's not just once or twice, every single one of them. So that is starting with step number one, block out blue light, (laughs) as you may suspect. Um, Step two is diffuse lavender. A clinical trial found that lavender improves sleep quality by 45% and can reduce anxiety by 59%. Step three is disconnect from tech at least 60 minutes before bed. Research shows that 
if you are using a phone in the last hour before going to bed, your chances of taking longer than one hour to fall asleep increase by 48%. Wow. I bet that's the hardest habit for people to kick though. I think a lot of people, it's very habitual for sure. Mm. We all we all have the capacity to change into different habits. If, if your boss told you that Oh, it's no longer a 9am start time. It's 9.30. You'd say, okay, great. Mm. Starting at 9.30. That's the time I switch on. So, I f- and I feel like sleep is one of those things like, oh yeah, it's really hard. Actually, you're great at making habits. Mm-hmm. You're so good at doing them. When you get asked to make a habit you're, to do with work, you're pretty responsive. So step four is to have a shower or a bath. Um, research shows the decline in the core body temperature is a signal for melatonin production. Um, step five is to have a magnesium-based sleep supplement. Magnesium has been found in clinical trials to reduce anxiety by 31%. Step six, meditate or read. And step seven is to use an eye mask so you are protected from that blue light through the night as well. And you mentioned magnesium there. Are there any other over-the-counter supplements or herbal remedies or anything else that you recommend to your own clients? Or is the stuff that you recommend all around forming habits to improve your sleep? No, I recommend other supplements as well. I'm a big, big fan of ashwagandha. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an adaptogen which helps moderate your cortisol release, which is often why people are waking up, especially around 3 a.m. It's because their cortisol levels are too high. So having a an adaptogen like ashwagandha, another one is kava, another one is ginseng. Outside of that, you asked, you know, is it just sleep hygiene that I recommend or is it other sleep supplements? Both, but there's a, we've covered about 10%, if that, of the sleep puzzle. So I feel like if people are struggling with sleep and thinking, oh, but I'm doing all of that, or yeah, I disconnect from tech, I'm still struggling. It's really valuable to know that there's probably like another hundred things that you could be doing. And for those people, I strongly encourage them to reach out to me. Instagram's a really great platform. I provide so much free free content there already, but also you can actually just have Mm -hmm. a chat with me and say, hey, Olivia, like I'm doing everything, but I'm still not seeing results. Like, what's going on. And I'll just have a really like open and honest conversation with you. Well, as you said, if anyone is having issues sleeping and they want to reach out to you, they can find you on Instagram at Olivia Arizolo. Literally, if you just type in sleep expert into Instagram, I come up. It's great. Thank you so much for joining us to chat all about sleep. Pleasure. Pleasure. I hope I didn't send anyone to sleep. (laughs) Product we didn't know we needed. Do you want to go for? Oh, you've got an interesting one I do. in here today. I am. Um, I'm actually drinking it right now. So Are I've you? made my yes. I've made myself. So I have been back on my favorite smoothies, mm-hmm. and I have been on the hunt for a protein powder that doesn't taste like. I, I bought this protein powder from like this um, health store, and yeah. it tastes like it's. It's vanilla, but it tastes like shit. Like it really doesn't taste. Like I can ta- I can taste it. Oh. <laughs> it's like one kilo and I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with all this protein powder? Yeah. Anyway, luckily Edible Beauty sent me this complexion protein powder mm. and I'm drinking it right now and it tastes 
like you can't really taste it. But I, and I also added actually the, so in my smoothie, I have a, like acai, acai berry frozen and mm-hmm. blueberries. And then I put frozen banana. I put a tablespoon of this complexion protein powder. And then I put a teaspoon of the beauty chef glow powder. And then I put in 250 mils of almond milk and that's my smoothie. And it's delicious, Mm -hmm. but healthy as well. I've tried a lot of different protein powders and also like supplements and they can really change the flavor of the smoothie. So it tastes disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. It can really make it like something's just not quite Mm -hmm. right. These two together, Mm -hmm. the edible beauty one and the, and the beauty chef together tastes completely fine and really adds Mm. to like the flavor of it so it's a plant-based pea and rice protein powder I'm obviously vegetarian so I only have vegan protein powders but it um, also is combined with zinc and vitamin c which are rich superfruits that support healthy collagen production so I like that it's got the protein but it's also got some added skincare benefits great and what is yours, Joe? So mine is a new product that was handed to me the last time I was in the office. It is Dermalogica's Smart Response Serum. I, I think it's a really good serum from what I've used of it and the effect I've noticed on my skin. Really good. It's meant to hydrate. It's meant to be anti-aging. It's meant to be calming and soothing and have brightening properties as well. I just don't like the way that it's described because it doesn't accurately communicate to the everyday person what it does. So it says it micromanages your skin's changing needs so you don't have to. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the f- that means. But um, it's basically saying that it has actives in it that are targeted to recognize and address micro changes in the skin before they're visible to you. So I had a look through the ingredients list before I'd used it. And there is some really nice hydrating ingredients in there. There's your glycerin, niacinamide, hyaluronic acid. It's got jojoba esters, olive oil, like heaps of really, really good ingredients in there. Um, Some of the ones that they call out are gallic acid from Japanese Cornelia cherry. That's apparently meant to help protect against free radicals. I've never actually heard of that ingredient before. Mano-6-phosphate, which is meant to smooth and provide a firming effect. And hydrolyzed wheat flour, which uh, helps to brighten and reduce the appearance of unevenness or dark spots. And then it's got your hydrolyzed beta-glucan, which is meant to respond to dehydration signals, um, which is in their words. But it does have some really good ingredients from what I can see. Like just looking, I wouldn't have even had to read the description had I just looked at the ingredients list because there is some really good stuff in there. So I'm going to keep using it. I think it's a worthwhile serum to keep using. She's bougie though. Mm, I do love Dermalogica products. They're always really effective. I do really like Dermalogica, but um, she is very much in the more expensive range of things. So if you're looking upwards of 150 Mm. for your serums, then this is probably something to consider. But if you're not, forget about it. She's she's (laughs) definitely quite expensive. But yeah, from what I've used for the last few nights, I'm definitely enjoying it and it smells nice too. All of their products have a really non-offensive, subtle smell, I always find. Um, yeah. They just never yeah. overdo it on the fragrance, which is good. So, um, yes, I do like Dermalogica and, and liking this one so far. Oh, my God. Hannah, we've got to talk about my earwax. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, Can I read my out? God. Can I- Read out the text. Yes, read out the exchange. Oh, read out the exchange. I wasn't sure. I'm still traumatized I didn't bring days it up later. I wasn't sure if you wanted me to talk about it. 
Um, <laughs> We're all family so here. Joe sent me a message and she said, oh, these are all separate text. Oh, my God. The biggest chunk of wax just fell out of my ear. And I said, she's human after all. And Joe said, do you want to see it? And I said, yes, of course. Is it like my raisin? <laughs> she said, I've never, Joe said, I've never experienced a bigger chunk of wax in my life. And then she sent me a picture and it's bigger than the raisin. It actually It's does, definitely bigger than the raisin. It does look like a raisin. It does look like a raisin. Yeah. yeah. I just washed my hair yeah. and I went to dry it and I turned to the side kind of and I just saw the, like the beginning of my ear and there was something dark in there. I was like, what is that? And I thought my hair had fallen out. <laughs> and so I like just flicked this thing out and I was like, oh, my God, that's earwax. Because I haven't been using cotton buds after we got told not to by the ear but lady. Haven't you been using olive oil? Well, no, I hadn't been. I kind of started to and then I just got sidetracked and I didn't do it again. But she was like, they, you know, they're self-cleaning. They do it themselves. I have been using cotton buds. I am going to admit that. Um, well, I've gone back yeah. because how could I not yeah. when a huge chunk of earwax is falling out of my ear? Imagine if I'd been in a different situation. The issue, the, I know. I was thinking that and like, yeah, and he, and a guy might be like, Oh, yeah. You just fell out You've of got your a ear. Big chunk of earwax. <laughs> um, but I was going to say that the problem with the the cotton buds is the reason that it's come out is that you haven't pushed it further in there. That's why it's yes. fallen out. So that's actually a good thing, Joe. Yeah, I know. No, it is. It's a good thing. It's meant to, it's how my ears are meant to function, but it's absolutely yeah. disgusting and I Have you not I, been using your AirPods as much? Uh, no, not really, oh. to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, so that happened and I'm traumatised. But anyway, if you want to see the picture of the earwax, just send me a DM on Instagram. Happy to share. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. 